0: Founder and Business Development Director at Vibrate, Vasya Weber. How are you today, Vasya? Good. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for joining awesome. me. I think we're going to have a good conversation today about the IMDB for the music industry. You know, it seems like people are only just beginning to understand the value of data, in the industry, it's a foregone conclusion in, in some of the other sectors out there, but I think its value isn't properly understood in music. So tell us about Vibrate and why it was created.
1: So it was first created as a pet project because our background is in music management. Um, so myself and my other co-founder, uh, we've been managing a world-famous techno DJ, Rumec, uh, for years and it's when it was still in the times of myspace and google plus so it was quite a long time ago um we were advertising a lot we're investing a lot of money into his uh, presence um and back then it was still facebook was still very effective um place to be and and to invest money in uh but we couldn't figure out how those investments are actually reflecting in the dj's uh, career so it was he more popular because we invested money into advertising and that's why we started a simple social media measuring website it was called topdjs.com back then and we were measuring just simple social media metrics so how many followers you get a certain dj is getting in a day or a week or a month um and we did this a 1,000 DJs that we entered manually into oh. the database. So we're measuring Facebook, Twitter, like I said back, back then it was still MySpace and Google Plus and Instagram and it just took off so we opened up the database and in a matter of over a year we got 30,000 user user-generated profiles so people were adding new DJs into the database because they wanted to see how, how they're performing in terms of popularity and then we saw an opportunity so we, we followed the market, and we, we raised some money. So at the beginning, our angel round was $1 million. And we went away from just measuring uh, popularity of DJs. We said, okay, let's go to all genres. That's why we created Vibrate. And the, the name actually derives from rating the vibe. That's why the extra E in the middle. Hmm. Um, and yeah, and then the years go by, we again raised some more money. And today, Vibrate implies... 65 people full-time in our offices in Ljubljana, Slovenia plus Around 60 more all across the world. Uh, Those are mostly those are mostly contributors across the world because the database is crowdsourced and curated and today we have nearly half a million profiles of uh, musicians about 160,000 venues and we have around half a million events at any given moment in the database so the easiest way to, to describe it is we're doing what IMDb is doing for the uh, music industry. So, like IMDb is for the movies and Vibrate is for the music uh, industry. So, we're creating profiles, we're collecting profiles of musicians. And right now, when I say we have half a million musicians in a database, some will say, yeah, but I know services that have more than that. That's true. But we have unique artists. So our, our um, rule is one artist, one profile. But it, that's why we rely on crowdsourcing and curating because we have by far the cleanest data set in the world. Uh, because other services usually scrape all the data sources they could get a hands-on. And if you look... Let's say for Tiesto, who's a world famous DJ, you would get like five, six, even 15 profiles from the same DJ because everything is done with machines. And that's why we, we said, OK, we need human touch and we curate everything. It, it takes a lot of effort. It costs a lot of money. But in the end, it makes the service relevant and, and,
0: and cool. Yeah, I love that explanation. So is it fair to say that you're building it into a fairly comprehensive database in time?
1: yeah yeah that's exactly that's that's our first focus is that we want to be as relevant as possible
0: Mm. so is there anything new with vibrate that we should know about any any new features or something that's changed
1: uh we just launched um our uh map view for uh venues so now if you let's say you travel to london for business and you take a week uh an additional weekend to, to go check the, the, the scene there, uh, you can just open the map of London and Venice are going to uh, pop up plus uh, events that are taking place in London that weekend that you're there. And you can just browse through the map, you can click through the venues. you can check what's going on there. You can even buy tickets. Uh, it's a really cool feature. Um, plus, we just recently launched a festival app platform. Um, we have right now we have around 4,000 festival profiles in the database and festivals can claim their profiles and then they can create their own mobile app without any coding knowledge. So they do, they just need a few clicks and we do the rest and then they can offer iOS, iOS and Android app to their festival uh, goers. And it's a, it's a really cool feature. It's a subscription based service. So there's no starting cost for festivals. And people love it. We did a pilot launch with five festivals and 80% of all festival goers downloaded the app and, and we're using it like crazy. And all of a sudden it becomes the festival's main communication channel uh, with, with their clients. And it's, it's a really, really cool feature.
0: Yeah. It sounds like there's a lot of practical ways to use it, whether you're a fan or a venue owner or event organizer or what have you. I'm sure something that my listeners are going to be curious to know is how does a independent artist take advantage of the platform?
1: So independent artists are actually our main target group here, aside from promoters, uh, because, uh, they probably already have their profile on Vibrate, but they don't know it yet. So they can go they can go to the service, they can search their name, and I'm pretty sure that 90% of them are going to find their profile already in the database. Hmm. And then they can claim it. And once they claim it, they take complete control over it, and they can use it instead of their website, because it, it, it contains all the information that, that that's nec- that's actually would be necessary on their official website. Um, so we, we collect gig dates that we get from tapping into APIs of ticket providers. Uh, we highlight the hottest content that they put on their official channels. Um, we have a recommendation engine, so we, we, um, we'll let people know who are similar artists and then we analyze how artists are following each other on social media. So if you go to. Say Metallica's profile, you'll be surprised to see that they're following Lady Gaga on Instagram, and this is this is the feature <laughs> that we only we have, and it's an interesting thing to see how how bands and and and, and, and um, musicians are following each other, and that's that's it's a huge recognition if you're a small garage band and you just all of a sudden get followed. By a huge superstar that means something, and people usually brag, uh, brag about it. But yeah, independent artists can use their profiles instead of their official websites. They can send their link, the, the link to their profile, to promoters. Say, hey, this is me. This is my stuff here. Check me out. Why don't you book me? Um, one of the, our co-founders, the DJ I mentioned, so he's he's really a high-profile techno DJ. We deleted his his um, official website, and now if you type in umeg.si, which is his name, it's gonna redirect you directly to his Vibert uh, profile. So that's right now. That's the biggest advantage. So you can you can have your website. It's already done. So you don't have to you don't have to do it yourself. You just have to register a domain, redirect it to your Vibert profile, and you're done. And you don't have to update it. You just keep doing what you're doing. So keep uploading stuff your youtube channel uh, keep updating your twitter your instagram and we're gonna filter out the hottest content so the content that your fans are mostly engaged with and we're gonna it's gonna pop up on your on your vibrant profile
0: maybe i'm reading into this a little bit but uh, it certainly seems reminiscent of myspace right like one thing i remember talking to venue owners and event organizers they liked that artists were able to kind of have everything on one page, which made it easy for them to decide whether or not to to book this artist. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, this kind of seems a little bit like a throwback to that, except much cleaner and nicer.
1: Yeah, MySpace had a horrible user
0: experience; <laughs> it really did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it had a, it had its advantages in terms of like growing your fan base and, and so forth, right? Which is why artists kind of tended towards it. So. I think we, you know, it's high time that we we should have some kind of platform that replaces it because uh, uh, Facebook is a powerful marketing platform, but it's just not doing doing the job that uh, MySpace used to do for artists.
1: So, yeah, yeah, agree, agree. You know. uh,
0: so, like. Before we got into today's recording today's conversation, we we talked a little bit about blockchain technology. And, and as you mentioned, you know, the vibrate platform is not fully blockchain yet, but you are taking advantage of uh, cryptocurrency. And, you know, this is a discussion that is certainly growing in the music industry. Now, some are even kind of holding up blockchain as the answer uh, within within the music industry. But uh, what are your thoughts on that?
1: So, yeah, blockchain can solve a lot of problems on both sides, so the root segment and life segment of the music industry. And there have been a lot of takes of, of uh, solving the whole royalty distribution problem using cryptocurrencies, but a lot of projects kind of just died out yes. uh, along with, with the arrival of, of bear markets in early 2018. Uh, we're still alive and kicking, so we're, um, we did raise uh, um, a significant amount of money uh, at the end of 2017 through uh, the release of our, our token. It's called VIB, VIP token. And the first role of the token was that if you were adding profiles into our database or curating the information on the existing ones, You could earn our tokens and a lot of people took advantage of it so a lot of people just some they quit their day jobs to become full-time curators and contributors for vibrate and there still are Uh, a lot of we have a lot of contributors from venezuela uh, because they have a horrible economic situation there and they, they saw the opportunity to to earn money by helping us grow and grow the database and list and map the whole Global live music ecosystem. So you have a lot of People that know a lot about music in Venezuela And this is this is how we how we started using cryptocurrencies, but now uh, we have really interesting plans for the future um, In terms of privacy and taking control of your own data as an artist Uh, So we're testing out a feature that will allow musicians to claim their Viber profiles and to move them on the blockchain. So they will control what kind of information they want to share with whom they want to share it and for how long. So for example, if if you're a rock band and you have your uh, Viber profile and you have your, so you upload your official photo, uh, you have your content on the profile and then you want to share it with a streaming service or with a ticket provider that sells tickets for a gig. So you say, okay, I, I will allow Ticketmaster to use my profile photo and my gig history and some of my videos that I put online for until next Saturday when my gig takes place. And after that, I don't want to share this with them anymore. Uh, so this is something that we're going to start testing uh, late this year and it could be quite a nice feature that hmm. that will give full control of their data back to, to artists. Because in our experience for music management we know how hard it is to keep control of, of what kind of stuff uh, people and, and, and websites and services are publishing about the artist that you represent or about you as an artist.
0: Yeah, I think it's great that there are people going through tough economic situations that are able to take advantage of, of something like this and it's actually a lot mm-hmm. of fun, I would imagine, the, the one being able to contribute to to a project like this. Now, you mentioned, you talked a little bit about the trajectory that you followed, you know, you, you started kind of promoting a DJ and then that kind of turned into a, to an opportunity that you saw to, to leverage data in the music industry, but uh, in your bio on LinkedIn, you talk about the fact that the music industry turned out to be an endless field of business opportunities, which I'm sure like some people looking in don't necessarily uh, feel that way, but what do you think you were seeing that that others weren't?:
1: Well, it's music industry is probably one of the hardest fields. Uh, yes to be in as a startup. Uh Mark Cuban said in one of the episodes of Shark Tank that uh he invests into a lot of fields but he avoids music as the plague. Mm. <laughs> that really caught my attention and I completely get where he's coming from. It's a really tough industry to really make to make money in and it's tough to make an exit. As a startup in the music industry, and we all know Spotify is by far the biggest uh, music company right now. Yeah. I think I, I read somewhere that they they get twenty percent of all of the recorded music revenue. So twenty percent of everything oh. in the world goes to Spotify, and they still fail to make profit.
0: Yeah, they're still
1: and money. This is, this is uh, yeah, this is losing money, and this is a good <laughs> example of how tough it is. This here, but we see ourselves not not necessarily as a music startup, but as a data startup. So mm. our our main business is data. Uh, so we analyze about a billion data points per month uh, for all our entities. Um, and it it's it, if if you're a data company, it you can be a data company in in medicine and healthcare and education and automotive industry, it doesn't matter, it's, it's data. So um, this is where we found our opportunity because we see that, especially the live music segment and the professional part of the music uh, industry, it, it kind of got stuck in the 90s. So it's, it's really low tech and it's a lot of wiggle space here to improve services, to give data to promoters, to, to improve their decision making. Because most of the promoters are just gonna book artists based on gut feeling or or on they're gonna book artists that they like, and if you want to make money as a promoter, it's you have to book artists that are popular for people, even if you don't like the music that they do. Yeah, uh, it's it, if you're a professional, then it's if if the, you're out there about the money, of course you're gonna give priority to artists that you like, but. You'll have to spread your horizons and, and just see ask people what what they like. And this is something that that we're actually offering, uh, popularity metrics. So promoters can use vibrate to find out who's popular, who's getting traction on social media, on streaming sites, and then contact them and, and negotiate a booking.
0: Yeah, I love that. You know, and here i am toughing it out in the music industry right <laughs> coaching <laughs> and helping musicians and and sharing new insights into what's going on and helping them keep up to date and and all that uh but i guess my attitude is hey if it is the, the toughest industry if i can make it here i can make it anywhere <laughs> but yeah, uh, i'm a smart true. guy i'm sure i could i could you know be in some other niche if i if i wanted to be Another thing your bio mentions is that you're you're a copywriting and creative processes guy. We'd love for you to touch on that side of things as well so we can get a better sense of you.
1: So yeah, my background is actually, I have a uh, master's in marketing, uh, mm-hmm. but it, I kind of found myself in the music industry right after I, I finished my studies. Uh, so I joined uh, an event management company that later morphed into a uh, Music management company because one of the co-founders of the agency is a world-famous DJ umek So he he played ultra main stage EDC Las Vegas He was a resident in Ibiza for a couple of years Uh, So he's all over the world. He has up to 120 gigs per, per year and So we went from being marketing guys to being music managers and we had to learn everything from scratch and it was fun. It was a fun ride, uh, and we learned especially about a lot about the pains of the industry. And Vibrate actually was brought to life because we tried to solve the pains that no other services were solving. So we said, okay, if no one's gonna do it, let's 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 try and do it ourselves. And this is how how we how we came here.
0: So we're always looking for insights into how. You know, a musician or a music entrepreneur listening to this show can take their business, move forward with it, and, and create better results. And so we're always curious to find any insights we can find. So next few questions will we'll kind of pertain to that. But what are the greatest challenges you've overcome as an entrepreneur?
1: Getting If you're an Eastern European company, Eastern European startup, we don't have a really live uh, startup scene here. Hmm. So, not a lot of startups coming from Slovenia, uh, and the first major uh, obstacle we had to overcome was raising money, because there's, unlike in Silicon Valley, there's not a lot of capital going around here. So, we had to hustle a lot to first get our seed round, um, and we still do. I mean, we're currently we're in the middle of raising our Series A round. Uh, of course, we have to go outside of our country to, to get a capital, but it's, it's a big challenge. Um, and second of all, coming from a small country, if you have to build a relatively large team and 65 people that are working in our offices, it, it's a large team uh and if you're coming from a small country it's it's hard to find people that are going to work for you so you have to hire engineers and there's not a a lot of engineers in the country (laughs) that only has two million people so what we did is we we invested a lot of money in our offices so we have really cool startup like offices so uh, we have foosball we have pool tables we had a 3D driving simulator, we even had a shooting range for a couple of months and now we had to throw it out because we need room for, for a new conference room um, So yeah, we do, we do all kinds of startup stuff That's usually Silicon Valley companies do to attract people that that come and, and, and then work for us uh, and yeah, raising money was, was always tough and I, I my, my wife and I moved to Silicon Valley for four months and when we came there we we realized that we don't have any contacts so no one was gonna pick up our calls or return our emails and we didn't know what to do so what we did then is we rented a car we went on crunch base and we printed out a list of all the vcs that have ever invested in a music company and we just knocked on the door so just we just paid him a visit, <laughs> wow. unannounced. It was at the end, at the beginning. It was scary, but then we noticed that each and every one was really positively surprised that there are still people that are gonna hustle the old school way without an intro. They're just gonna break into their office and say hi. This is our pitch, <laughs> and yeah. it was it was a nice it was a nice and and it's an interesting story. And we actually got quite a few leads um people accepted us they 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 did they did intros for us um it was a nice thing but it's it's a really hard business uh the music industry and Mm -hmm. vcs aren't really happy to to just throw money at at you if, if you're a music startup
0: no, and even just getting people to understand something so high tech, <laughs> at least, you know, that's the that's the point on which I relate or sympathize a little bit, is because in in Calgary, really the oil and gas industry is, is the biggest. So if, if you want to be in Calgary, most people are all about the oil and gas jobs and and what they can accomplish there. So there's not a whole lot happening in in tech and entertainment and music. I mean there's some incredibly talented musicians out there just like there are anywhere else else but th- that was such a challenge to try to explain to people what it is that i even do and they'd be like well i work completely from home and they're like what does that look like you know i have these online <laughs> businesses and and websites and they're like i don't get it yeah okay <laughs> yeah, yeah. well you... it's
1: it's it's not not that stuff here uh yeah but it's still when, when but
0: there's just not a startup the, culture the whole... like you were saying
1: yeah, we, we do have – we the startup culture started developing in Slovenia. That's and good. especially in, in 2017 during the ICO hype and the crypto hype, everybody was talking about it. And we even got the whole government of Slovenia along with the prime minister to visit our offices mm. because they asked us a workshop for the whole cabinet of the prime minister about blockchain, about startup culture, what we need from the government to boost the whole country uh, culture. It was really nice. I mean prime minister in Slovenia is like the president of the US. So he's the head of the country It's not the president who who leads the country. So it was it was a huge honor for us And it was quite an unusual thing to have the head of the state in our office No doubt. But it was it was a nice thing and, and we we did some We educated the government of how we think they should help us uh, Get the attention of, of the world because if you come from such a small country, you have to struggle so much more than if you're just a Silicon Valley company.
0: Hmm. Well, I love the hustle. I love the fact that you recognize those challenges and sought ways to, to navigate through them. And it's such a great story. And maybe you already aired this, but what are the greatest victories you've experienced as an entrepreneur?
1: Well, I think that it was the, when, when big acts started claiming their profiles. So, the first one was the first superstar act was Linkin Park. Mm. They claimed their, their, and it was, it was a f- huge recognition for the, for the whole team. So, the whole team was really fueled by that. And then others started coming. So, Robbie Williams, uh, the Chainsmokers, uh, Red Who, a bunch of big DJs. And every time we get a high-profile claim, the whole office is really, really psyched about it. And it, it's just the ball the ball started rolling. So right now, we're getting up to 100 claims per per day. And that means a lot for us. And that, that means that we're getting traction, we're getting recognition. And sooner or later, we'll, we'll become a standard for the music industry. Uh, so yeah, high-profile recognitions, definitely mean a lot to us right
0: now yeah that's awesome and there are certain artists who are embracing tech instead of uh trying to knock it down Mm -hmm. (laughs) kind of like the metallica and napster days right which some people might remember
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah but still i mean it was it was we we kind of got what they were trying to do because they they were they were investing a lot of effort into Recording albums, and they just didn't want to have people just downloading them for free. And funny thing is that we actually Napster was one of the first streaming services that approached us because they were really interested in the data that we have. So we are talking with them right now um, of integrating a couple of our services uh, into Napster because a lot of people don't know Napster still exists. Uh, it does. The, the brand Napster still exists. It, it's a streaming service. And we had the whole team uh, here in Ljubljana. Um, I picked them up from the airport, and I intentionally—I was playing Master of Puppets <laughs> from Metallica <laughs> we were driving from the airport, so we were all laughing, and it was—it was a nice joke. But they—they, they, I mean, it, they don't have anything in common with the old Napster, uh, so the whole management yes. has changed, and.
0: You know how yeah, no, you're absolutely right. You know, Metallica at the time was just trying to save what was quickly becoming an outdated and, and no longer sustainable industry and based on how things are it right now. It takes
1: a lot of guts to do that. It takes a lot of guts to do that because they know they're going to lose a lot of fans but someone had to do it.
0: You, you can't blame them for trying based on how the industry is right now but we're, we're looking forward to, to a much better overall industry and uh, tech May hold the answers to that. So, are there any books that have helped you on your journey?
1: We, yeah, we have a have a a small library (laughs) in the office. Oh, nice. Uh, Right, we're we're, uh, we're mostly focusing on selling tactics. Uh, I'm subscribed to masterclass. So I have an, an annual pass for I don't know if you know the masterclass series. Yes, it's a, it's a Service that have big names lecturing about all kinds of management or selling um, or, or copyright So yeah, we try to educate ourselves as much as possible uh, When we were raising money, we were part of a local accelerator that taught us how to pitch your project how to create um, an interesting deck how to approach investors. So we have to learn all the time.
0: I read my share of uh, sales books as well, whether it was uh, Spin Selling by Neil Rackham or Psychology of Selling by Brian Tracy. At one point, I just tried to learn everything I possibly could about it. I'm not necessarily directly in sales. I guess, you know, as a CEO of a company, you're always marketing and sales and that's your focus but uh you know we do such soft sells uh in the in the music industry just because you know the more less direct is is almost better in a way for musicians that that are looking for something specific even though you know you apply all the same stuff psychologically whether it's urgency or you know polarizing them one way or the other but uh but the message itself is often less direct than you probably would Place it in other industries. Well, thanks for your time and generosity, Vasya. Uh, is there anything else I should have asked? I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> You're the one asking. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like we we covered everything that uh, that I wanted to in this episode. We got a good idea of who you are and, and your expertise, as well as a sense of what Vibrate is and how it benefits artists. So, to me, that's that's rounds things out pretty well. Yeah, I think we have it fully covered. Awesome. Well, thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Music in this episode was brought to you by Brian Young. Wherever you're listening to this right now, please consider leaving a five-star review and comment to help us get the word out about the podcast.